Welcome to an episode of Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Hannah Tittle, and this is my self-love journey. I believe that loving yourself should be easy. It should be second nature, but I know firsthand that it isn't. Together on this podcast, or better yet, on this journey, we will be learning about what self-love really means, what it means to different women of different ages and in different stages in their lives, and we will be learning what we can do to make it easy, to make it so that it is second nature. Each episode, I will be having conversations with badass women, with coaches, gurus, and mentors, and together with their help, we can learn how and what we can do to make loving ourselves effortless, and best of all, to make it so that we truly, authentically love ourselves. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number four. Thank you so much for listening. Before I dive into today's topic and give you a brief uh, heads up on who it is that I speak with in this episode, I want to just do a quick recap on the last two weeks because, wow, it's, uh, it's been an overwhelming two weeks. Two weeks ago, I launched my first three full-length episodes. And if you were listening to the first one, you heard that I said that I think probably my mom would be the only person to listen. And instead, each episode has been heard over 100 times, and I'm being played in 21 countries. And that feels really special, but the amount of support and messages and friends that reached out to me feels incredible. I'm so grateful to have so much support in my life. I feel so lucky to have these friends who are telling me how brave I am and letting me know that they're thankful for me speaking up about such a topic. I know personally, when I was suffering from depression, I was just so ashamed. I was ashamed about how much weight I gained. I was ashamed about how I felt, how I looked, the fact that I never wanted to go out, the fact that I cried so much, the fact that I was suffering for so long, and it was just so much shame that I could not talk about it. Every time the conversation or the topic got brought up, I was so embarrassed, I would just break down. So now to be on the other side, I see the importance of talking about it and letting people know that they're not alone, that it's okay to go through it, and that you will get to the other side. And I know I promised to never coach you or give you advice, but here I go again. I highly suggest, despite the embarrassment or the frustration or whatever it is that you are feeling towards the conversations about depression or anxiety that you're currently having, have them. Talk to people, seek support. It's only going to get you to a place that you feel happier and healthier sooner. I guarantee it. It changed everything for me the moment I started opening up about the truth of how I really felt. And then I was able to acknowledge those feelings and move forward from there. So I want to say a massive thank you to my friends uh, for reaching out and for being such amazing support. My family, of course, has never been a question, but they're once again supporting me as always. And I just want anyone listening to know that you are allowed to feel this way. Because like I said, it's been an overwhelming two weeks. The first week was straight up felt like my birthday with the amount of love and messages I was getting about every episode and so much support. And then this past week has been the opposite. I felt very, very down. Uh, We had a celebration of life for my grandfather yesterday. And that was very hard to finally say goodbye to him. And 
We also found out that my beautiful dog, who we've had for 13 years, has an enlarged heart, so she is dying. And um, it's just been a really hard time for my family the last couple of weeks. So I feel incredibly sad some days. And then there are days where I've literally never felt so excited about the future and so happy and so grateful. And at first, when all of these emotions were happening, I was getting angry at myself. Like, why are you feeling so down? So much good stuff is happening for you. It's like, you're not allowed to feel this way anymore. You spent too much time feeling sad. But guess what? It's always going to be this way. Roller coasters of emotions are allowed. Feelings are valid. You are allowed to feel sad. You are allowed to feel angry. Just take the time to acknowledge it and see what you can do to make it better. I took the last few days to grieve and to cry my eyes out. And um, as you can tell by my voice, I'm still very sad. But it's only going to get better. And I'm choosing to just be incredibly grateful for the memories and the time. And all of the support has just been a total bonus. So I'm definitely rambling now, but I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody for the support. And just please remember that it is okay to feel the way that you feel. So that's just a little recap on the last two weeks for me. Today's episode is a completely different conversation. I'm speaking with a professional budget coach. Her name is Ari Michelle, and she was so much fun to talk with. Uh, I say this in the interview, but I want to say it here for sure. When I first started thinking about people I wanted to speak with and topics I wanted to cover on this podcast, money was not something I thought about. I thought about health and femininity and sexuality and joy and manifestation and astrology. I did not think about money because, to be honest, I never kind of thought money and self-love went together. But when I was starting to get ready for this interview, I realized wow, that could not be more opposite. Money affects so much. It affects everything. And it's the reason a lot of people are held back. It's the reason people don't chase their dreams because of fear of not making enough money or not making any money. It's the reason people have to give up on their dreams or it's the reason people don't have what it is they want. It's the reason people are like greedy. It just, if having debt is the reason people feel down or held back or it causes a lot of people's depression and stress and which can only make you unhealthy. It affects everything. So I am super, super excited to share this interview with you guys. We cover a ton of stuff. We cover the idea about your relationship with money and your stories with money and how you can change them. We talk about manifestation tips to try to bring more money into your life. We talk about affirmations so that you can change the way you feel about money and how much how easy it is to come into you. And we talk about budgeting and how to make budgeting fun. So without further ado, here's my interview with the wonderful Ari Michelle. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me virtually. I always feel like it's so weird to say something like that, but we're not actually meeting, so I can't say it's nice I to I know, meet but you. then I feel weird, like, being like, oh, it's nice to e-meet you and, like, call it out, but there's no winning. I know. It's, like, truthfully, it's really impersonal, but it is what it is, right? It is. I feel like we're not the only ones that feel like this, and so we should just coin a term that, like, everybody becomes okay with. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Especially like this day and age. This is how so many people yeah. know each other mm-hmm. just online or through social media. But anyway, it's very nice to meet you or to be speaking to you anyway. I'm super excited to have you here in my virtual world. I am so excited to be here. Um, and this is a really cool podcast. Um, like, I love that you're just like, I just want to start it for myself. And then everybody's like, I want to be a part of it. <laughs> so it's cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super overwhelmed with this whole project. I started this because I honestly needed a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I put that message out into the group and I had so much more response than I thought. And then a week and a half ago, I released a trailer episode and I'm up to like 90 something listens. And I honestly wow. thought that maybe I would reach my mom and my best friends. So I'm really excited. So thank you so much for being a part of it. I absolutely couldn't do this without you guys. So thank you so much. I'm thrilled to have you here. I'm so glad you got such a good response. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool road. I'm selfishly very excited because I've already learned so much, but I can't wait to sort of bring this message and all the things that I've already learned to everyone else that might listen. So I have to be honest, when I first started to think about the people that I wanted to speak to or the topics I wanted to cover, money didn't come up for me. But now that I think about it, I can't believe I didn't think about it because it affects everything. Yeah. But I don't know why. I don't know if it was a personal thing, but all I... When I first started thinking about it, I was much more focused on the superficial things like body image, health, happiness, um, and the superficial things that I thought I wanted to address more and learn more about. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, you can go as deep as people have big dreams, but we're too afraid to go after them because of the money or the fact that you might not make any money. Or And of course, that's going to affect how you feel about yourself and how you're living your life and your happiness. So I'm like almost embarrassed that I didn't think about this initially. (laughs) So I'm super stoked to have you here today and can't wait for you to fill me with your wisdom. Okay. I mean, and it's so funny though that you say that because I feel like a lot of, I think it's women especially, like we don't necessarily associate like money with self-care and with like self-love, but and kind of like in the same way that you didn't even think about it um, because it kind of, I mean, money has, it's such a stigmatized like topic and conversation and so like people be like oh if I say like I want to focus on my finances then people will think I'm like materialistic or selfish and like self-care should be about my internal improvement and not my external and it's like well no it all plays into each other and like the ability to even um explore different types of self-care like finances like help that it's another tool in the arsenal so um yeah, that's kind of like where I love to talk about like the money mindset and and like how that really affects what you do and the way you feel about other areas as well. Um, Versus just like numbers and spreadsheets and big statements, like it's so much more than that. Absolutely. So why don't we just dive right into money mindset? Yeah. Because I know when I was starting this journey, and I was immersing myself in sort of the self help world, a lot of people talk about healing your relationship with money, which personally, I've never thought about or and I don't really resonate with it because I don't think that I have a bad relationship with money. I never struggled growing up, which I'm obviously very grateful for. But I realize now that I actually do have a bad relationship with money. Um, Just because I never wanted for anything growing up or even now doesn't make me have Mm -hmm. a good relationship with money. 
because I'm constantly in fear of not having enough or worried that I somehow the fact that it's coming in is going to stop somehow or constantly in fear of the fact that it's going to stop coming in. So I saw something that you posted the other day about about how a lot of us aren't actually afraid to go after what we want or to go after the jobs or the dreams that we were really that we really want, but it's that we're afraid that once we get there, we won't be able to sustain the income that we've longed for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a ding 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 moment for me. You know, personally, I have a lot of dreams that I hesitate going towards. Um, And sometimes it's because I fear that no money will come in initially. And then sometimes it's also the idea that I might succeed at it in the short term, but wouldn't be able to make it long term. So then what's the point? So that's clearly my current relationship and mindset. If we actually just rewind a little bit, can you help everyone, including myself, to understand exactly what money mindset is? Yeah. So, um, I mean, to like answer the question of like, what does money mindset really mean? It is, it kind of is a lot, right? So Um, I do think that like creating a, uh, like almost like a visualization of having a relationship with money. Um, it doesn't really occur to people, but that kind of, um, I guess like almost like giving it that kind of structure makes it so you mentally start to think about not just how I use it and how I make it and how like I get more of it. But if you start to think of it like a relationship, um, the way that you treat it within that becomes really, really different. Um, and so like you were saying, like you didn't come from a space where like struggle and, and things like that, which is amazing. And I don't think that it takes um, like negative experiences to not have a, a positive money mindset still. Right. So like you mentioned the fear of um, like, running out or never having enough. Well, the fact that you came from financial security and that was your, your image growing up means that like probably, and obviously this is like, you know, five seconds after talking to you, but probably you associate, (laughs) you, you start to associate like the money in the bank, um, gives me security. And like, that's one of our top needs is feeling like safe and secure. Right. So it's like this fear of like, well, if I run out and if there's not enough, then my sense of security goes. And so even though, so like, and that stems from a a positive place, but like, as far as like looking like money, like looking at money as a relationship, it can kind of change how you interact with it. Right. So instead of like, Oh, if I run out of money, I don't have security. Then you start to take care of it differently. Like, well, if, you know, when I have money, how am I treating it to feel secure? When I run out of money, how am I treating it to feel secure? Um, when it comes in the door, is it like, do I spend it as fast as it comes in and then kind of perpetuate that feeling of like, Oh, things are really great. And I got money now. And then like, Oh shit, like now I don't have money anymore. <laughs> and, and I like lose my sense of security. So you kind of start to, to play with it in the same way that you would play with a personal relationship with another human being. Um, and like the way that you start to treat it definitely shifts. And I don't think that really like answered your question. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. It does. I've never thought of money as a relationship before, you know, it's just the thing that everyone has or needs. And the more you have, the more you get to spend. And truthfully, it seems though, the more you have, the more fun you get to have. But it's true what you're saying, you know, like when money comes in or or if it comes in sooner or if more money comes in, are you spending it faster? Heck yeah, I do. 
You know, when I work those extra hours, I spend them quicker. When it's payday weekend, I definitely go out. Also, I definitely think what you were saying about me is spot on. Having grown up with money, um, I definitely fear the unknown or the fear of not having any of it because it's all I've ever known to be this comfortable. And so the unknown is scary. Mm-hmm. I don't mean for this conversation to keep coming back to me personally because I do want, obviously, everyone to be able to relate to it. But I know for me, my biggest dream is to be a writer. But there, for the last few years, and this is still continuously happening, although luckily I'm trying to outgrow it um, and change my mindset towards this, I will often just straight up close my laptop midway through writing because I'm like, oh, what's the point? I'm never going to make money off this. I'm never going to be able to publish it. I'm too afraid. It's not good enough. I'm never going to get anywhere. So what's the point? And it's just so sad that like I would be afraid to chase this dream just out of the fear of not having enough money. You know, I should just be appreciative that I have these ideas for books or the, you know, this love of writing and be able to be make peace with it, like having a beautiful creative hobby. But instead I let fear or this narrative that you have to earn money from it kind of take me away from it. And instead I don't actually do it as often as I should or to the best of my ability because I'm constantly in fear of it. And I just think like, why, why am I doing this? And I don't mean that to be a question directed just at you. I (laughs) promise I'm not expecting you to solve all of my problems, (laughs) but I just think like, why is that my mindset towards this whole situation? I should just be super appreciative that I have a hobby that I love and that I've got these ideas for a couple of books and I should just be diving into that and enjoy the time and enjoy the process and the creativity and the skills that I've learned But instead, I'm just like ruled by the fear and the unknown of the money situation. Mm -hmm. And it's awful. So when you're coaching these women who are much more brave than I am because they're actually going out and chasing their dreams, would the sort of story that I've just said resonate and be something that you might hear from clients? Or do they, is it more often that they would come to you to help grow their finances? No, it is typically more of a, um, like, they're they finally have realized a pattern in like this feeling of like okay I have learned how to get some money in the door but somehow like it doesn't even matter if I made more or not um I kind of keep ending up in the same place and when you start to notice that pattern um that's usually when people are like oh okay like maybe this is a mindset issue and I need to go talk to somebody about that um but it's it's very interesting that you would talk about like there's something that you enjoy, something that you want to do. And it's like, oh, well, it's not going to make any money. So like, why even bother? And like, that's, uh, unfortunately, like, like this is the fact that we live in a capitalist society, right? It's like everything we do gets tied back to the dollars versus just like, like, it's okay to just have a hobby for fun. And like, it doesn't have to be monetized, but like, it can feel like in our society that like, when we're working like in society we have now tied like morality and productivity together right like I'm a better person because I'm not lazy and because I'm responsible and because like I have a really great work work ethic I feel like a better person than when I'm just sitting down and you know like doing something just for fun um and so yeah, like that's like a that's a super super common story that pops up. I would say the most common um, co- that like people end up coming to me for though is when they like 
just this feeling of like, no matter how much money I make right now, my bank account stays pretty much the same. Um, and so the way we kind of dive into that is we start combining different things, um, like journaling and affirmations, right? So if, because you're, you're the symptom, right. Of like, oh, there's never enough money in the bank account or like it stays the same. That's a symptom of a story. So, um, and lot everybody's stories are kind of different, but you know, like a feeling of, um, almost like a YOLO that can come from, right. Of like, oh, well, like I can't with me <laughs> and like you never know how long it's gonna last so like let's just go have fun with it you know treat yourself um and then there's it's like stories that come from like what you um show off with your money is like like I guess like some sort of tie to um like the the looking like I have money is going to make more people like me um, or something like that. Or a lot of times the deeper, right, the deeper money story, though, is um, starts to come from this feeling of like money is evil, right? Like, oh, like money is the root of all evil and, um, you know, rich people are greedy and stuff like that. And so something people will do is they'll kind of sabotage themselves on the back end, even if they're working really, really hard to make money on the front end there's something in their subconscious that says like, well, you're not selfish and you're not a greedy person. And therefore, if only greedy people actually have money, then you, then you don't have it. And you'll kind of like make up ways to get rid of it. Um, and that's kind of how it, how it ends up happening. (laughs) No, I think that's so cool because definitely probably the thing I've learned most throughout this journey so far is that so much of who we are is made up of stories we've either started to tell ourselves or stories that we've been told growing up. And it's quite incredible to me to realize that there is also going to be a story with money. Because when you think about it, it's just this thing that everyone needs to survive. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought that every individual person would have a story related to it. But we do. And that it does. It plays a part in who we are and how we live and how we make and, and spend our money. Also, just as a side note, I love that you've come into this coaching practice from the side of being an accountant. Um, I personally am a bookkeeper, so I see the spreadsheets. I do all the money and the sort of like corporate bookkeeping, whatever. Um, So I think it's really cool that you've taken that sort of logical side of things and you've turned in and applied it to this sort of manifestation, um, narrative, sort of mindset, self-help side of things. I just think that is the coolest balance. Yeah, I feel like it, it makes t- because like, as an account night, that's what I was seeing, right? It was like, well, we could talk about the books and numbers all day long, I can give them to you. But like, if you're going to just sabotage yourself every time, like, then what's the point if you don't have both? Um, and so then what I do really is like, I then can infuse the two together, right? So if someone's problem is like, oh, I'm so spendy, and I can never save anything. And, um, you know, because of some fear of like having too much money in the bank, right? Um, We'll turn around and we'll say, okay, so if that's like one, we want to get rid of this money story, right? Like rich people are not evil. Money is a good thing for you. Like you're a good person and therefore money in your hands is better for everybody. Um, And like kind of help shift that story through journaling, affirmations, different things like that. But then what we also do is help create structures to support like, 
that change as well. So if something that you struggle with is like, oh, I'm super, super spendy. And I always just like, if there's money in the bank, then I'm like, oh, yay, treat yourself, right? And that's like the symptom that's showing up. Great, then what we'll do, right? But then, okay, here's like a real thing we can do with your finances. Let's open a separate bank account and 5% of all your income goes into this bank account. And that is your like, treat yourself account. So you, instead of saying, oh, that's bad, because it's not bad, money should be fun, you should go treat yourself. And, but like, let's do it in a box that supports the rest of your goals as well. So you're not sabotaging yourself. And now you have this like free for all bank account that you can go blow and be like, oh, money's in the bank. Great. Like I'm going to buy whatever I want. Um, But then it's supporting the, you know, longer term dreams of like, well, I want to save up for a down payment on a house and I want to start my own business. And I want to do these things that also um, having money on hand is going to do. And so now you kind of are support, like you're shifting that money story of like, it's okay to keep your money while doing it in a way that is sustainable and that's going to help you to like um kind of gain more confidence in your money journey as well so um yeah the the being the accountant part I think has like made all the difference because it's like I get to put the two together um instead of just one or the other absolutely and I think the way that you just said that is perfect because I think that the mindset you have is what we should all have because I know for myself and a lot of young people you know, we get paid and we want to spend the money now. We want to have fun. But I know I personally would like to put a down payment on a place one day. If I started to think about it in the terms of, okay, here's my paycheck, you know, 10% goes to my fun now pile and 10% goes to my future dream pile instead of the savings that I feel like I have to make and I'm never going to touch and it just feels like it's not even mine. That's such a different perspective and such a a more positive thing to think, you know what? No, I am putting this money away right now, but it's going to my future dream. My choosing, I'm choosing that I want to put a down payment. I'm choosing that I want to, you know, go on this trip, whatever that savings might be. And just realizing that it's there because of me, but it's for a long-term goal of mine and not, it's not, it doesn't feel as forced that way. Yeah. And I think especially like specifically when it comes to housing, I live in Southern California, like I live in LA. So buying a house here, especially it's far off for me. And it's something I don't even know that I really want. Um, And so it can be like, oh, why am I sticking money in the savings account? Like it's going to take me forever to get there. Um, And, you know, like there are a lot of people in the finance world that kind of take a like save every single penny, like don't go do anything fun until your finances are like super safe and secure and like, I don't know, make your own butter and like laundry detergent and like be frugal all the time. And I don't actually agree with that point of view. Um, I think it kind of makes money stories a little bit worse and a little harder to deal with. Um, But like, Oh, I completely understand. Vancouver's the same way. The housing market here is just insane. I would need about $50,000 or so to put down a uh, deposit on a like one bedroom apartment. And I'm not in a position to do that, especially being single. It's just so hard to even grasp that concept. But it is, but it is definitely something that I would maybe like to work towards one day. Um, so I definitely am going to have to remember that and try and shift my own mindset when it comes to budgeting and moving things over to a savings account and remember that it's for a long-term goal of mine and not sort of this pressurized, I have to do it thing. 
but I just need to be a little bit more patient with it and it's going to come eventually and it is something that I want. So I'll just make sure I have to remember that and remind myself of that every so often. Awesome. One thing I'd love to ask you is how do you help people become aware of what their money story actually is? Is it quite obvious for people? No, it's usually not that obvious. Um, and it takes a little bit of deep, like digging. And I can usually when people are talking um, and we start this conversation, I can pick up. I mean, and that's just because I've been doing it for a while. Um, like I can kind of pick up like, oh, OK, that's probably something that's probably something um, and kind of pick that up. But people usually are not aware of it. So what I have them do to become aware is um, a lot of questions. So, um, you know, I'll ask them when we first start working together, like, what is it that you say to yourself when you spend um, spend money? Right. What is it that you say to yourself when um you buy something for somebody else? What is it that you say to yourself when you buy something that you deem expensive? Like what is the price point that you consider now is expensive? Um, what do you say to yourself when you pick money up or like when you see money on the ground, do you pick it up or not? Um, and so I kind of just start digging in with questions like that and have them ask themselves questions about like when I'm like, dealing with finances in any situation, um, what is it that I start to say to myself and just becoming really, really aware of it. Um, and then I will usually, um, walk them through some and send them like journaling prompts, um, or different like journaling outcomes. Right. So if, for example, like they find themselves like, Oh man, every time that I buy myself something nice, I, say, Oh man, I really shouldn't do that right now. I should probably save this money. And then I go buy it anyway. And then I return it two weeks later. Like, let's say that's what they're actually doing with it. So that right there, now they're aware, Oh wow. Like I keep doing this over and over. I didn't even notice. And then I say, you know, ask yourself why five times. So I say all this stuff to myself when I buy something nice, why? Okay. Well, because if I was responsible with my money, I would save it instead of buying this thing for myself. And that's what responsible people do. Okay, why? Well, yeah, I don't, I'm like making this up off the cuff, but like, because, <laughs> because um, that's the only way to get savings in the bank is to not buy anything for yourself. Okay, why? And like, you just start like digging, 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 and eventually you'll find out like, Oh, because this, you know, every time when I was a kid and I wanted something at the store, my mom would tell me like, no, it's not a calculator. Money doesn't grow on trees. And so I learned that if you want something, you shouldn't buy it unless like you have a specific reason or, or like something like that. Right. And so that's where now all of a sudden you've got that story. And now you're actually looking at the story itself instead of the symptom. And you can start journaling around that, um, questioning, okay, so if that's the, that's what I believe, why do I believe that? What about this is true? Um, what would I say to myself if this wasn't true? If I truly believe that this is false, what would I say? And so kind of asking questions to figure out like what it is that's actually going on and then start asking like reverse engineering questions of like, okay, so if, if I wanted to believe something else, what would that look like? If I wanted to believe that buying stuff for myself within the framework that I created is totally fine, what would I say when I got to the register? And like, 
So then now, and when you start to feel like, oh, I shouldn't buy that, you can like think about it and be like, oh no, when I buy something, I say, there's always more money where that came from. And the more you do it, the more you won't even have to do it after a while because it now becomes your new belief. So one thing I'm wondering is, so, you know, you've helped someone heal their relationship with money and they probably have a little bit more money coming in or they're feeling more comfortable spending money and they're not as afraid to spend money. But is there sort of like a, a question that you would ask or you would have them ask themselves, like, do I actually still need this or is it still worth it? Because, you know, you don't want to heal the relationship with money and then just all of a sudden just start buying everything and spending willy-nilly because you're just comfortable with it now. So I'm wondering if there's sort of a like a, is this worthy or do I need this right now sort of question that you would then have your clients start asking themselves? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I do. I typically will tell people to ask themselves, like, is this in line with my values? Um, or like, cause when we first start working together, we'll work out, um, what are some of their goals? Um, and then as they're spending what I actually, one of the first tactics that I have people do when they start working with me. And I do this for business and personal. Um, but go through your last one to three bank statements, like print them out and grab three different highlighter colors. Um, one highlighter is these are the things that I need. So these, you know, it's like bills, groceries, etc. Um, one color is these are the things that I love that I've purchased. And then the third color is these are the things that like, what the heck did I buy? Or like, why did I, you know, go do that, right? And so for starters, I believe like spend whatever you want, or whatever like is within your box um, on the things that you love, get rid of the things you don't. So step one, if you stop spending on money that you don't even like stuff that you're getting, then that frees up a lot of cash, right? Um, and then <laughs> it frees up a lot of cash. Um, and then you can kind of take that information and start to figure out like, okay, well, like, why do I buy these things? Like, when is it that I fall prey to buying things that I don't like? Um, and then you can kind of look at what's left and then create a spending plan. So I don't like to call it a budget because I think there's just so many negative connotations around the word budget. And it just kind of is one of those words that sounds very restricting. And so I call it a spending plan. And you kind of map out like, okay, well, what is actually, you know, like, I'm not going to spend like I make 10k a month if I'm only making two, right? Like, don't do that. Because um, that is going to screw you over. But if you're saying, well, I have this much, um, how do I create and kind of going back to those like frameworks and boxes of like, like, what can I do within reason and within align, like what's alignment with my long term and short term goals. So you kind of take all that information of like, what am I spending on that there's like extra money hiding that I shouldn't even be spending on because I don't like it. Um, what is it that I ultimately am working towards? And like, what is important to me? Like, for me, I, and I'm always open about this, like I have six figures of student loan debt, um, and I'm still working on getting rid of it. But it's it's a significant amount, right? And so <clears throat> one of my goals is to obviously pay that off and pay it off before it's um, full term is over. But at the same time, I really, really value value um, travel. And like, so I know, it's going to take me a few years to pay this off, but I'm not going to just like put a, a pause on the travel. So when now I've got that extra money in my bank account, I do put some towards the goal of paying off that debt, but I also put some into a travel account. And so I'm not just like, 
oh, well, I love to travel. So like, let's swipe the card. It is, okay, I put some into this box because that's important to me. And then some into this box because that's important to me as well. Um, and when you start to look at it from like identifying what you really, really love and what you really, really value, um, that's how you can kind of work backwards and say, okay, well, like maybe my spend it all count is like 3% of my income. And, you know, all I can afford right now is ice cream. Like, that's okay. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And just like, but make sure that you still have that box, but that it's like coordinated in a way that supports all the goals. I think I just kind of like took too long to actually get to the answer to that. But like, you just kind of, you kind of just like piece it together. I prefer to use percentages, especially um, being self-employed, but if you have any way to get like extra income in the door, even if you're on a salary or something, um, using percentages is a really fun way to kind of incentivize yourself um, of like the more money that I make, then the more money I get in my fun account or the more money I get in my travel account and stuff like that. Um, so that you can like see the increase. And at the same time, right, the more money that goes into my debt payoff account. Um, and so by using percentages as like the strategy behind it, um, you're able to to kind of like keep your boxes flowing and and make sure you feel good about what you're spending and that you you could actually support your spending habits as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also actually self-employed and I have a certain amount that on every paycheck, you know, that I put aside for taxes um, without question. But I've never sort of thought of it as like, okay, well, I worked an extra set of hours this period that can now go through to my like fun savings. Mm -hmm. I also think that what you just said is super true because travel is my everything also. And I've often thought, you know, just screw it. I'm going <laughs> to stop paying my bills and, and go away. But unfortunately we can't do that. But I do think that that's really important to remember because I know myself, I would go crazy if I didn't get to go away every so often or indulge in some online shopping every once in a while. And I think that when we restrict ourselves too much and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to have a little bit of fun or to spend money on the things that really do like bring us joy or or that we love to do, we kind of just become really bitter and yeah. like mean and unhealthy humans. Yeah, seriously. And that's actually something. So, I mean, when I first started this journey, I was a bigger fan of like Dave Ramsey, for example, and he is very much like, you know, eat rice and beans and, you know, be gazelle intense. That's what he calls it. And I think it's really, really great. And I think it works for a lot of people. Um, but what I noticed is that I would like, go, 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 go. And I would be like very restrictive with myself. And then something would happen. And I would just like, binge spend basically and I would like just kind of because I went too long without it and now what happened is I was like screwing myself over because of that because now I was taking I mean I, I never not paid rent but I was taking money for like important things and be like well that's okay like I just won't I'll just eat ramen for the rest of the month right <laughs> and um so instead of and so I just kept myself like going, 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 and then now ruining all my progress because like I put travel then on like a credit card and was like, I gotta go. I really need to get out of here. Um, so now instead of doing that, if I know that's a problem I'm going to face, I'm just, I'm prepared for it. I know I'm going to want to go. Someone's going to be like, Hey, do you want to go to Vegas next week? And I'm going to be like, yes, I do. Um, and like now I'm prepared for it instead of like suffering for it when I get home. 
Absolutely. And even the way that you said it and the word in which you chose, like binging on your budget, it's so true because even in the diet world, you know, they say that you should have a cheat meal or a cheat day every few weeks because otherwise you're going to go crazy and you're going to kind of destroy and sabotage your whole progress because you've limited yourself and restricted yourself so extensively that you're going to want to do the exact opposite. That's not to say like if you're one of those people that has the drive or the motivation to just like guzzle down for a year or two and completely restrict their spending and pay off their debts, major props. I personally am definitely not one of those people. (laughs) I just think that that's really cool to bring yet another perspective to this whole situation because I think, again, different perspectives will influence your story and... I think it's cool for people to understand, you know, like if it works for you to, you know, spend a year and not, and, you know, eat ramen or whatever it is and pay off all your debt, that's great. But also if you know that that currently isn't working for you and you need to take one trip a year or whatever it is to like help with your mental health or your sanity or your just your joy of life, then that's also totally okay. And um, I just think it's really cool for people to be aware of the different perspectives that they have available to them and the different options that they have available to them. And through that, they can heal and have better money stories themselves. I mean, in reality, there probably will always be like a little bit of debt for everyone anyway, right? It's just the culture that we live in these days. Yeah. And and in like, I think it's also important to say that like it, it does take sacrifice, right? Like every single time I get the urge to, um, you know, jump on a plane, I don't need to do that. But um, like... I guess, you know, one thing I would say is also when you're in that space that like, well, I, you know, I really want to jump on a plane right now and it, but like, it's not supported by my budget, right? Like, yes, I have a small travel account, but like tickets are twice as much. I just can't go. Um, One thing that a lot of people in like, one thing I encourage my clients and then when it comes to like manifestation and some more mindset stuff is um, identifying like what it is that you hope to feel from or like the experience you're hoping to have by doing that activity or spending that amount of money and figure out how to recreate it at a lower um, and like a better supported price point, right? So if I'm like, oh, I really want to go to Paris because it's on my bucket list and I just have this urge to go to Paris, but I've got like 50 bucks in my travel account. Um, then what I could do instead, right? Like what would make me feel like I was in Paris? Well, if I was to go sit out on like a balcony with a glass of wine and like, uh, you know, croissant with some brie cheese, right? Like that's all like fancy schmancy. I maybe <laughs> I'm just like making this all up. Um, <laughs> No, I love that because I'm literally envisioning like this really nice afternoon on a balcony. Yes, right? And so it's like, you know, sometimes it feels like we want to spend that money and that like sometimes it's cool, spend the money, like do what you got to do. But if you're in a space where you can't actually support it, be mindful of that and it will actually help your mindset um, and it'll help like your confidence with your finances and your relationship with your finances because you're actually taking care of what's important, but you're still giving yourself that feeling of like, heck yeah, like rich as heck. And like, I feel really good about it. And that kind of just like feeling that you are looking for, try to figure out how to do it at a different price point. And that's going to be a lot better than just being like, 
oh, well, Paris is too expensive and I can't afford it. And like just canceling that urge. But instead, this is supporting it and being like, okay, maybe the bank, the numbers don't actually support this trip, but like I can get excited about it. I could feel really good and have like a glorious afternoon instead. Um, and that, that shift is really important as well. So one thing I'd really love to know is what your favorite sort of manifestation money techniques are, because there are so many different ones out there, you know, journaling, affirmation, visions. I even hear about people saying that they write themselves checks and like post-date them. Um, it's, so it's really overwhelming to hear like the many different options available to you when it comes to the technique. So I'd love to know like what your personal um, favorites are and how you use them. Yeah. And, and mind you, like they're just only do the ones that like feel good for you. Cause if it doesn't feel good and you're just doing it because you know, like somebody else said that it works, um, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to be like, well, I guess none of it works. Right. And so for me, um, journaling is probably my, my top tip and like, or my top, um, activity. And so like, I will, journal about like so like almost like visualization journaling um and so like writing it out kind of helps me to visualize like what my future lifestyle looks like or um you know what certain things when I have the funds like what it's gonna look like and things like that um I would say affirmations are really big for me I have like um I have them written everywhere and I even have notifications like a reminder every single day on my phone um and every couple of hours I have a couple affirmations that pop up you know like the um like it gets to be fun and it gets to be easy and like every dollar I spend gets multiplied back to me and so throughout the day I'll actually get a notification on my phone that like reminds me of my affirmation and I just kind of say it really quick um and what else do I do? Um, I'd say those are my top two manifestation things. Oh, the third thing that I do is I actually keep a running list of the things that I have manifested. So um, sometimes it's very easy to be like, man, I've been, you know, like asking the universe for this one thing for the last three weeks and she's not coming through. Um, but then I look back at my affirmation or at my manifestation list and I'm like, actually, she's come through on like, all these other things. And it kind of keeps me in a state of gratitude. Um, and like reminding that, you know, like maybe I was asking for $500 and I got like all my dinners paid for by different people for the, like this whole week. No, I didn't get $500 cash, but wow, I was so blessed. And I'm so grateful for like the financial assistance that having somebody else paid for dinner, um, gave me. Right. So it kind of reminds me that it can look differently than what I specifically was hoping for. And that either means to show some gratitude because I actually got what I wanted, or it could mean to just be more specific in my manifesting process and be like, okay, like, thank you for all the dinner, but I actually need to pay rent and getting free dinner doesn't help me right now. Um, so, so kind of being more specific with it. So those are, those are my top three things. No, I love that. Um, I know I just do have to ask you one specific question, and this is just something that I've been hoping to ask somebody, so I'm glad that you sort of brought it up. Um, I myself have been starting to journal more often, um, and I'm wondering when you say that you do the journaling for like the the vision, the future, like how you'd feel or the future vision, um, do you post-date the journal like, or do you date the journal for a future date? Um, or do you leave it as today's date and sort of just think, you know, in three months time, I'll be feeling this way. I usually leave it, um, 
to today's day or whatever day I'm writing it, um, unless it's something specific. Like I know at the end of this year, for example, there's a um, a mastermind event that I'm going to and I already know I'm attending it. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to fly first class. And so I'm like, you know, a visualization would be like, oh, you know, it's November and I'm in first class and like, this is what it feels like and this is what it looks like and writing it from that perspective. Um, and then, uh, so only if there is something that is, I want it by a specific date, maybe I will, but typically I'll just kind of like write out what, and I'll write it in present tense. I appreciate you being so honest with your tools because these are the exact kind of conversations I wanted to have. And just, you know, one of the million future questions I'm hoping to have answers because I completely agree, like what works for you might not work for me, but I love understanding what works for someone else so that it's something that I can maybe try, or maybe I've never heard of it before, or I can understand how it is that you're doing it and maybe adapt the way that I'm doing it to match that and see if it benefits me at all. So yeah, I really love that you're sharing. Thank you. Of course. And like something that I have learned is like, I, I experiment a lot. Um, I actually think I need to experiment more, but I would say I experiment kind of a lot. And so like, if I hear something that, you know, sounds really interesting, I'll go try it and I'll go test it out. And if it feels really good, or like I enjoy myself in that process, then I'm like, okay, great. Um, And if not, I'm kind of like, yeah, I didn't get much out of it. Like, that's okay, too. Um, One of the other things that I do that helps with my manifestation, though, is the way that I ask questions. Um, That's one more thing is like, I'll like ask better questions and that helps me manifest. So I'll be like, instead of, oh, you know, man, universe, like I would really love like free coffee today. I will like say it in a question like, oh, what would it look like for uh, or like, wouldn't it be cool if I got some coffee today? And like, or like, what would it look like if, you know, if someone brought me coffee and, um, and so I'll, I'll kind of like ask it in question form. And it's, it's interesting, because it'll be like, Oh, like, wouldn't it wouldn't that be nice? And then all of a sudden, it'll happen. And I'm like, Oh, it was nice. <laughs> it was- That's totally something I'd love to start doing. Because I mean, like, I kind of do it already anyway. But if I were to rephrase it, and sort of a question like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to wake up so early tomorrow? And then all of a sudden, my like morning meeting or, you know, whatever is canceled. That would be amazing. Yes, yes, stuff like that. <laughs> I know for myself, but I'm pretty sure everyone, we already ask ourselves questions or say things like, it would be really nice if I didn't have to wake up so early, or it would be great if I had Mm -hmm. a little bit more money. But if you were just to simply change that and say, wouldn't it be nice if I had an extra $100? Or wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to wake up so early and just see what the outcome comes? That would be really cool. And I know manifestation is not for everyone. Um, there's definitely some people in my life when I sort of mentioned that I'm trying to learn more about it, they kind of laugh or roll their eyes and people listening might even feel the same way. But I, my approach to it is that without question, putting out an intention or desire to universe or source or God or whatever you want to call it, it's in zero way harming my progress or my journey. Um, yeah. So I figure why not, you know, talking about it more, reminding myself of it. It's only going to, you know, benefit me. It's absolutely not going to like inhibit me or like take me like take it's not going to derail me from my progress. So like 
of course I want to learn more about it. Of course I want to try it and see what happens. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It's like, especially when you like record it, I think, because sometimes I actually do also all like it. So in my journaling, right, I'm like writing about the things that I want and how awesome it's going to be. And, you know, have like a list of things that I'd like to manifest. And so then when all of a sudden I'm looking at my like things that I already manifested list, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is so much fun. Like I I totally remember when I asked for that two months ago and like, here it is. Um, And it's so it's super, super fun to to have it in writing because then I can go back to it at any point or like I'm feeling doubtful or being like this doesn't work I'm not getting what I want like I can go back to the drawing board and um and see that it's happened in the past and so therefore there's no reason to expect it shouldn't happen in the future absolutely and what a sense of power to have something like that to look back on I mean even if it is just a simple cup of coffee you wanted it and you can look back and be like, damn, someone brought me coffee that day. Like, how bomb are you that you made that Seriously. happen? <laughs> Not to mention coming at it from the approach of like a gratitude list or just a, a look back on what the th- things you can be grateful for is so mm-hmm. powerful. I've definitely been learning um, when you come at things uh, from a place of lack, you are constantly going to want more. Whereas if you start to be more grateful for the things that you already have, or you start a gratitude list and you acknowledge the incredible things that you do already have in your life or the people in your life, it's just, it's such a better place to be in. And you're only going to be able to attract more people and more things into your life from that. So what a powerful use of that, of that for gratitude in itself, as well as, you know, making yourself feel pretty powerful. I also completely relate with what you were saying. I feel like that would be an actual conversation I would have with myself. Like, thank you so much for the dinners, but kind of needed some cold hard cash, you know? (laughs) So definitely going to have to switch up the techniques and the wording the next time. But like, still, thanks for that. (laughs) Right, right. Like, thank you. But let me be more specific. Oh, I also wanted to bring up, um, we said in our initial like back and forth messages that something you might like to talk about is money dates. Um, I don't actually really know what that is. So please enlighten me. Cool. So money dates, they are my favorite way that I like to basically start to fuse the like mindset, manifestation, woo-woo side of this with the actual like numbers and spreadsheets. And so to go back to having a relationship with money, right? And kind of phrasing it in that way. Like if you, like if some guy like just like was in and out of your life all the time and like, you know, when it would come, you'd be like freaking out at it and like always wondering like, when's it coming back? Like if you don't have a relationship, like that's not, ever going to work right like that's not who you want to be your boyfriend if you like never actually just chill and spend time and like get to know each other and like hang out right and (laughs) and so so money dates are kind of basically that same concept right like so you're taking yourself out on a date with your finances and um if it's just you like if you're single and you want to do it by yourself um or like people will do it with their like spouses and their families or like a group of girlfriends and stuff like that and so it's a weekly time that you have blocked out on your calendar and every single week consistently I'm gonna sit down for 30 minutes to an hour and I'm gonna take care of my finances right and so um I like to do it very like 
I like do it up, right? Like I get my favorite coffee or maybe, you know, a mimosa or like make a whole breakfast. Like it's like a date that I'm on. Um, So it's something that I actually want to come to. And then I sit down and I kind of all this stuff that you and I are talking about, that's, this is my time that I actually sit down and work on all this stuff. So I do journaling. I look back in with my goals and my desires and make sure I'm on the right track. I um, do my books for the week. And because you're doing it consistently, because you're doing just like one week at a time, um, it doesn't take that long. It's no longer this overwhelming, like accounting day, which I mean, you're a bookkeeper. So maybe that's not an overwhelming day for you, but for a lot of business owners and Um, individuals like people will come to me and they're like I will not look at my bank statements unless it's like do or die and I actually have to and then I just like freak out look at it for 10 seconds find what I need to find and then like I'm out I don't look at it Um, and it's like if you're going to treat your finances like that like no wonder they don't stick around no wonder um, you struggle with your finances because you never you don't even know what's going on Um, and so I like work on that like those, that journaling, those affirmations, that visualization. Um, and I make sure though, that like my spending plan is together and like, have I, am I on track with my revenue goals in my business? Um, am I, do I have enough money in the bank for like paying all the bills that are coming out or what is coming out soon? Um, and I, this is really just my chance that I like take a step back and really dive into everything. Um, And, and I make sure that I do that every single week though, and make it just like a date. And it's absolutely has changed the game. Uh, Just honestly, learning about that just makes me smile so big because I just think that that's such a cool way to look at it and such an easy way to try to make it more fun. I know personally working in finance and just staring at spreadsheets all day, I come home and I do not want to think about my budget or money or anything. And I mean, I don't have a ton of, you know, paperwork or anything that I would ever have to do with it, but I have to do my invoices and I have to, you know, organize my receipts and my claims. So the last thing I want to do after spending eight hours thinking about money and dollar signs and spreadsheets is doing something for myself. But if I were to make it more of a date or, you know, approach it from a fun side of things, pour myself a cocktail and, you know, maybe once a week or even every other week, depending on how much you have to do, just spend an hour and like check in on yourself and treat it like you said, like an actual relationship. You know, how are you doing? Like, am I on track with my goals with you? Where are we? How can we improve this? You know, what's missing? Um, Just check in and as if you were to call a friend or whatever it's your relationship with money certainly isn't going to get worse from that. And it's definitely going to, I mean, it's probably only going to respond better to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be amazed at what people find, right? Like when you finally sit down to do this kind of thing and you do it, you know, people find out like for me, like I'm able to sit down and kind of map out, um, like where things are going financially in the business. And because you're doing it consistently, it allows you to also like turn on a dime, right? Like, so when I'm talking about experimenting with different things, I have the chance for like this immediate feedback loop of like, I tried this new thing and um, here's where it showed up in my bank accounts. And it's like a super quantifiable way to like test that manifestation or test that mindset stuff. Or, you know, I started a new affirmation, what happened with my clients and and things like that, um, to just test and and really just 
come back to it. And if you have like a spouse, for example, um, or like someone that you share finances with, it's also a great time to come together like family wise and say like, are the things that we're spending on in line with our goals? Are we off track anywhere? Um, what are we working towards and continually come back to the drawing board and tighten that feedback loop? Um, it's going to make it much easier to move forward versus, you know, getting to the end of like three months later and you're like, wow, I haven't looked at my bank account very much. And like looking at it and mean like, what the heck is happening? Like you'll never have to ask yourself, where did it all go ever again? Just really excited to kind of better my relationship with money and, set myself up with a few more dates, maybe um, start some affirmations and just see if I can grow myself into like an even better space with money. Mm-hmm. Do it. It's a lot of fun. And I do have a money date, like a how to freebie, like my, I think it's six steps um, to doing a money date. So if you want me to send that or if anybody listening, like once that, um, then I will send Hannah my link. So then that way you guys can download it. It's really easy to use. The only other thing is just like money is it's a tool. And if you like use it as such, then it will be easier. And uh, and yeah, like don't make it bigger than it needs to be. But I don't feel like I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably it. <laughs> I think that's the easiest thing for people to take away from this is just not making it bigger than it needs to be. And just kind of remembering that if you were to approach it from a more positive or a more fun way, I mean, truthfully, that could be said for everything. If we started to approach everything with a little bit more positivity and a little bit more fun and a little bit more gratitude for what we already have, everything is going to be better. And there's no doubt that it's just going to be easier to manage. It's going to be easier to make. It's going to be easier to have and spend. And it's just all kind of a better approach to life, to money and to everything, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope people really start to have more fun and like still take care of it. Having fun doesn't mean you just like. Of course. Yeah. Unfortunately, we still have to be smart with it. But even like we were saying before, you know, if we just approach it differently and we start realizing, you know, paying off my debt is a goal of mine or paying or putting a down payment on a house and building a savings for that or whatever it might be and acknowledging that it's sort of something that you've decided that is better or in your best interest or it's something that you want or whatever, however you want to say it. It just makes it feel like a lot less of a burden and a lot less of like something that you have to do. And instead, you know, yes, 5% of every paycheck goes to this because I've decided that that's how it is. And it was my decision. And it's better for me in the long run to make this decision and whatever that or, you know, however that may go. Well, thank you so, so much for all of your insight and your information and everything that you've shared. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. Um, And I'm just really glad to have met you virtually or however we want to call this. (laughs) It's so nice to meet you too, Hannah. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed that interview. And I hope that it helps you to maybe change your relationship with money, to maybe bring in some more money, or just to remember that money doesn't have to be this horrible thing and you can have some fun with it. You can find Ari on her website, badassbudgetbabe.com or on her Instagram, badassbudgetbabe. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more or to reach out, you can find us on Instagram at lovemepodcast or visit our website, lovemepodcast.com. If you like what you heard in today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcast, or you can subscribe from whichever streaming service you're listening from. New episodes are available every other Monday. Until then, 
I'll leave you with the wise words from the mother of all badasses, Jen Sincero. Love yourself while you've still got the chance.